Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be Christians, to share Christianity, to have friends and fellowship. We thank you for the word, and we thank you for your son who paid the price for us. Not part of the price, but the whole price. And we ask you and receive the blessing today on this service for the word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. What I'm going to speak on, I believe, today is harvest lost. You know, you're supposed to get a harvest. When you sow, you're supposed to get a harvest. Not only financially, but everything. How many of you have lost things in your health? You know, there, you, know you, you look and you see and, and you, you spend time and you listen to the dumb TV and all this kind of stuff. You know, they're going to tell you, I can't believe this, I think they misquoted the date that I was born, but that I'm 63 years old. And after you start to get 60, you're supposed to start retrogressing, I guess. And you're supposed to not be able to get, there's a country western song, I'm not as young and limber as I used to be. And sometimes that wants to come on me. I'm not as young and limber as I feel, but that shouldn't happen. There's things in your body that should, you don't have to receive that stuff. That harvest you need to have. You know, there's things that's happened to, to me and you and everything that you don't have to receive. You don't have to have that. You don't have to have some kind of major disease of diabetes, heart, heart problems, or any of that kind of stuff. You don't have to have that your joints are stiffer. You know? You don't have to have that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, you have to take care of yourself physically and kind of get yourself, you know, you can't just all of a sudden become like Superman and walk in the, in the phone booth and jump out and be able to jump up on the counter. You know, I was with uh, my son-in-law and another guy the other, day at the, uh, other night at the football game, and they were talking about being able to jump up on the kitchen counter. I never could jump up on the kitchen counter. So I'm not even going to believe God that I ever can be able to stand flat-footed and jump up on the kitchen counter. But, you know, there's certain things that you don't have to receive. Right. You don't have to receive. I was listening to Kenneth Copeland the other day, and he was talking about when he turned 45 or something, his hair started to turn gray. And he said, God, what, what about this? What do you, and he says, well, what do you want? And he said, well, you said you'd count every hair on our head. And he says, I'd just as soon it'd stay brown. I'd just as soon it'd stay that color. And he says, well, then... You believe me for that. And if you all know, he's 80 years old and his hair is just as brown as it was when he was 40-some years old. He believed God for that. We can do that. Obviously, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's one of the minor things. I don't really, if I, if I get white hair like Jesse, I'll, I'll take the anointing that Jesse has and stay white-haired. Amen? Amen. You know that, like I said, you know, we, we have a harvest, but you have to reap that harvest. You have to reap that harvest. So, you know, if you've got something going on in your life, if you're, you know, there's things that like that your children are not walking where they're supposed to be. You don't have peace in your life. Your finances are not where they're supposed to be. It's up to you to receive that. Because the price was paid. 
when Jesus died on the cross. He redeemed us from the curse. Amen? Amen. Amen. And it's up to you and I to receive that. And we must believe that God's word is true. Titus says, it says in Titus 1, verse 1 through 4, that God is not a liar. He will not lie. Romans, Romans 3, 4 says that everybody else can lie, but God will never lie. So we have to believe that, that he's true. He's really the one that says he'll do that. And if we, you know, if you look up and you look in the Word, it says in John 1, 1 that the God is the Word, was the Word, and always will be the Word. That's kind of a Rod Hershey translation, but that's exactly what it means. It is what God said. Okay, the first scripture. How many, we're going to put some of these scriptures up on the board. How many of you get this, and I'm going to make a confession how many have stopped bringing your Bible since they started putting these up here? I bring mine, but I hardly ever look at it because the scriptures are up here. Why do I have to, you know, why do I have to? Every once in a while, you know, I'll, I'll take my highlighter and scribble something, but I never look. Sometimes we get lazy when things are easy, you know. So you need to bring your Bible. You need to open it up, read along with Pastor Jerry or whoever's speaking, and follow along. And that's a declaration that I'm declaring for myself, I'll tell you that. Because I, sometimes I've got lazy where I, well, you know, especially when you come on Wednesday night, you know, and you're kind of tired and you worked and, you know, and Amy didn't feed you good enough and, you know, and, <laughs> and you're, no, she always feeds me good. Apparently you can see that too. Um, <laughs> she, uh, the, uh, you know, but you got, you got to know that the word's true. Like I said, John 1, 1, the Word, God is the Word, was the Word, and always will be the Word. Amen. Let's turn to Galatians 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it's written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles, that's you and me, because we're not Jews, and there may be somebody in here that's Jews, but most of us aren't. In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3.29, let's go to that. If you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen? So we have to believe that. Do you really believe that you're Abraham's seed? Do you believe that? You have to believe that. Or you'll never receive the harvest that God's got for you. The devil will steal it from you, what he's, he's done for all of us in different areas of our lives. He stole that stuff, and he has no right to steal that. You'll, if you don't believe that, you'll be short in some area of your life. Whether it be your health, your children won't be serving God like they are supposed to, you won't have peace in your life, your finances will be short, something will be there that's gone. Okay, so what is the promise? 
What is the promise that God promised us? Let's turn to Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of God, or the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, 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 that the Lord God will set you on high above all the nations. All the nations. What that say? It said today. It didn't say obey the Ten Commandments. It didn't even say walk in love. It said to obey the commandment that He gives you today. So if you're going to walk in the blessing, you're going to have to be diligently to obey the voice of the Lord your God. So that means you're going to have to spend time with God to hear what God wants you to do. You know, in the in your everyday walk, in your everyday move. This last winter, I'd, uh, probably none of you ever noticed, but the, this last winter we got a little, as my wife would say, a plethora of snow. We got an abundance of snow. Okay, in our lifestyle, that's great, long as it's above 4,500 feet. But it ain't no good when it's down here. Okay, when you got 400 mama cows and you got to feed them, and then you got 184 to be exact that are in a place you can't get to, you got to hear the voice of God. I want you to know, Amy would say, Did you get up last night? Yes. Encouraging yourself in the Lord? Yes. What are you going to do? I mean, you know, I feel responsible for these 184 cows. They're trapped down by the Primeville Reservoir. I can't get there. The first time we went in there to check on them, it was this deep. Y'all lived here in Central Oregon when it gets that deep. A week and a half later, it's all gone. It warms up, gets up to probably 70 degrees sometimes in January, you know, and it all goes away. Well, the second time we went, it was about this deep. It snowed. So we have this liquid feed that we put out for these cattle, and I so I... I had my neighbor, he has an old, one of those ar- deuce and a half army trucks, and he went ahead of us. We chained the pickup all the way around, up with the feed, and we went down and put out more feed for these cows. Well, you know, and, and we live in Central Oregon. It's going to, even though it's two foot deep, it's going to melt, and we won't have to worry about it. And plus, where we go with these cows, we only graze in the wintertime, so it has all year to grow, and the grass gets about this tall. So, you know, I'm not worried about it. Well, whether you know it or not, if you were here, if you, have, if you were blessed like Jackie to go to Arizona, you probably didn't know that it snowed another foot and a half. So then it's this deep. Then you can't even get in there to do it. And I had to encourage myself several times in the Lord about this. So much that one night I stayed up pretty much all night. The next morning at 6.30, I went out, caught one of our horses, took my pickup, drove up to where I could get there, and rode off down in there, imagining that I'm going to see 184 cows all piled up in the snow with their feet all up in the air or something like that. You know, I was just, you know, I mean, the devil was really 
warned against me. And I rode down there, and I'd called my neighbor who's been there for years, and he's an old guy. And he said, oh, don't worry about him. He said, they'll be fine. He said, they'll learn, they'll be like elk and deer. They'll learn to eat the bitter brush and the sagebrush, and they'll be fine. So I rode down there. Well, when I got down there, the snow was only really, at the top, it was stirrup deep. And I was riding a fairly tall horse. So the, every step was getting a little more, holy, oh, God, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to do, you know, what am I going to do, you know, with all these dead cows? And plus, it's on the Bureau of Reclamation and a bunch of dead cows down there. They're not going to be too excited about that when they thaw out. And um, <laughs> so uh, I was thinking about all this. You know, I mean, you, if you allow the enemy to run whatever subject you got with your head, you can go, yeah, he'll, he'll take it to where you don't want to go. So I rode down there, and, and I got down there. Well, it's only about this deep down there. Praise God. And my cows, I'm sure they, they decided that they, uh, they were like goats. There's lots of rims and high knobs up there. All them cows were way up there. All just, except for a couple of them, were down. And they were up eating bitterbrush and sagebrush and what grass was sticking up. And so that was in whatever month it was, January, I think. And they come out in February. Well, February 10th, we pulled them out. And there was one old cow that failed to live, but I, that was my fault because I should have probably brought her out earlier. She got upside down or something like that. And then I got one that got in the creek that ate some kind of poison thing. And she went to cow heaven. But the rest of them all made it out fine. Every one of them made it out fine. I claimed every day, Amy and I claim, you know, Deuteronomy 28.4 says that your livestock is blessed. And I said, Father, you said... And I have no control over this thing now. I, yeah, you know, I can't fly them hay in or I can't do anything. It's there they are. I claim that my cattle are blessed. And you could tell, you know, they, when they come out of there, they come out, out of a hill and it's eight miles to the next pasture. And it's steep. It's really steep. And if they're not doing good, they stop or they fall down if they get weak. Or they get and they can't get up or like that. And every cow, when they hit hit the deal, every cow came out except for one. And we were uh, so we put them all over on the other deal and everything. And in fact, I got you know again, I didn't hear the voice of God on this deal. I uh, oh, I was worried. You know, there's kind of a little few little skinny looking, and I thought, well, I'll sort them off and take them home and feed them. Twenty one of them I took home. You know. Some were a little younger. They did worse at home than the ones that I left up there. You know, because they know how to live. They know how to live up there. You know, when they got over on the other side, then the snow starts melt, melting off, and they were, you know, they know how to pick around and, and make a living, as we say. <laughs> and the one cow that didn't come, my neighbor calls me. I think it was June, sometime like that, maybe. Might have been June, right before we brought them all the way home. And he called and he says, hey, you got a cow and calf up here on the road. And she stayed down there all winter, had her calf, and then found her way all the way back up there and was up on the road and come all the way, you know. So the blessing of God does work, if you believe, if you believe. Deuteronomy 28, 
Let's see, where would you want to go? This is the harvest. If you need your harvest, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 through 14, that's your harvest. It tells you, let's just go to Deuteronomy 28. Hang on, Micah, I'll be there in a second. Uh, 28.3. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Well, you got to be one of two, because you can't be anywhere else. There, you're either in the country or you're in the city, especially in Oregon. There's nowhere else. I don't know where else you would be. So if you believe that scripture, you're blessed. And you will be blessed. And it doesn't matter... It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like or feel like. It doesn't matter that there's two and a half foot of snow in Redmond, three foot of snow, and you're having to push your driveway out every day to get out to the mailbox. It doesn't matter. God still will take care of what concerns you. He loves you and wants your, the best for you. And whether you know it or not, he knew what was better for those cows than I did. Mm-hmm. But he, he takes care of you. Mm-hmm. And he takes care of your chi- children. It says, the next verse says that your children and your crops are blessed. Amen. And then it says, this is the one I cl- claim every year. Deuteronomy, the rest of that four says, the offspring of your herd. Flocks, praise God, we don't have any flocks anymore. Um, No sheep anymore, thank God. (laughs) I claim that every year, that our calves. And you know that there's a percentage. What you do when you you have livestock or cows like us, um, you brand the calves and you, you got a percentage of, we had 184 calves and so cows and we branded this many calves. So that's the percentage of a calf crop that you had up to that time. And we had a 94% calf crop. The average is 90. Most people have 90. You know, we had a 94% calf crop up there. Then we have another, another half, another section, almost the same number of cows at home. We had a 90% calf crop at home. We should have sent them all up there. Got another 4% and quit throwing that hay on the ground. (laughs) But, you know, God is concerned about what you're concerned about. He wants you to have the best job. He wants you, if you have a business, He wants you to have the best part of the business. He wants you to be successful. The Word says, if we go on down here, and I won't go on and read, but it says that it, it... because he wants you to be blessed because you bring glory to him. You know, and if you're, you know, if you're over here just barely getting by street, just hardly making it, and saying, well, God's putting me through this, you know, to teach me something. First thing, you don't know anything about God. Because God don't put you through something he can't put the curse on you after he redeemed you from it. You know, he don't even have the curse to put you on it, you know. That's what, you know, I mean, some people say, well, you know, 
God put this sickness on me to teach me something. Well, he can't even do that because he don't have it. He took it away. He, he, that's why Jesus was manifested, to take the curse away from you. For you. You know? And the enemy comes, and he comes to try to steal, kill, and destroy. It's up to you to stand against it. Amen. Amen. It says in John, 1 John 3, 8, said that Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. It says in Acts 10, 38, it says that Jesus was anointed and sent to destroy the things that the devil was doing, the healings, all that stuff. Now I'm going to give you a little heads up right now. When this service is over, I'm going to call you anybody that wants to come up that's lost part of their harvest, and we're going to agree with you right now that you receive that harvest back. And you can have it back. All you got to do is, Gloria Copeland says, take it. Take it. Take it back. Amen. God is good. All the time. All the time. John 10 sin says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't come to kill, steal, and destroy you physically. He comes to steal the word out of your heart. If he can get the word out of your heart, what you believe, he's got everything else he wants in the physical. If, you, if he comes to get that word and he steals that word out of your heart, you won't make it. You won't make it in that area. If he came last winter and if he got the word that my livestock is blessed and out of my heart, I'd have been in trouble. Because we not only had 184 cows trapped, we had another 60 cows trapped up by Bend. And we started, we did get to start feeding them. Don't tell the BLM, but I did feed on the BLM for a while. Uh, they, what? Yeah, they know. They know. Actually, we found a little piece of private ground, because you're not supposed to feed on the BLM. So we found this little piece. I got a map out, and the guy I was renting the pasture from, him and I looked, and there's a little piece of private ground, so we fed there. And... So that was nine miles to my, from my house to those cows. It'd take us three hours and 15 minutes to go feed those cows every day. My wife got really good at chaining the front end of the pickup up. <laughs> every day we'd, we'd go, get out in the snow, put the chains on. We got, it pretty, got pretty fast at doing it. Were you with me the day the chains fell off? And I had to go back. I got all the way back out to the highway one time and the chain had fell off on the right side. So I had to turn around and go back and get my chain. But every day we had to go chain these cows up. We went, so I decided we we're getting ready to go to Fort Worth to the minister's conference. And I said, I can't even find anybody that would want to do this. Or I could pay enough to go chain this up other than Amy. And it's cost me way too much money to have Amy chain this pickup every day. So <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, move these cows out. So the guy that I rented the pasture from, he said, well, I'll take my tractor and it's 
nine mile, or no, seven miles from where they were at to his house. And he took his tractor and he bladed all the way that he could to, to a gate, which was one mile from where the cows were at. So we went in there and picked, started, got those cows out of there. And it took us an hour to go that one mile because they had to break that trail. And it was deep. It was deep. It was up by Bend. And there's more snow for some reason in that little area by Bend and Alfalfa than there was anywhere. It was deep. So we, you know, we were one hour just getting there. And then it was two and a, we made it once they got on the trail. Then it was two and a half hours to his house and we were home. But those kind of things, you got to know that God's there with you. Because it's, it's not fun trying to figure out, well, how can I do this? What can I do that? You know, And you hear the voice of God every day. Sometimes every minute you hear that God's direction. As I said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and see, destroy, but he doesn't come to steal. He don't care whether he makes you sick or he doesn't make you sick. If he can get the word, he's already got you sick. If he can get the word, he's already got your money. He's already got everything. He can steal the word. That's why it's so important to fill yourself with the word. Immerse yourself in the word every day. The seatbelt Jesus in beside you when you get in the pickup. Every day, every day, even every night when you leave our house, Sarah, um, <laughs> because he needs to be there with you. When you get in a situation, I remember back in the, several years ago, I, I uh, drove truck. And I remembered there was one time I was coming off Mount Hood, and I came off, and it was slick. I was coming drifting off how you drift down off that and around that one corner and around that. And there was a wreck right there. Well, there was no way me and this truck is going to get stopped. And I was going, Jesus, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, and I, you know, and I could just feel myself. It was almost like he got out of the passenger seat and got over here and started steering. Because I just went, and I went right through that wreck, right through. There was a car here and a pickup over here, and I just went whew, right on through there and made it. Those kind of things you need to, you know, you can't, like Micah was talking about the, the lady, you know, I mean, she didn't, want to, she didn't run around when she spilt the oil on, on her baby searching for that book. Now I know I have that book, and where's it at? And, you know, where's those scriptures? And was that, was that? He's healed by his stripes, or was he set free by his stripes? You know, she already had that in her. She already had the word in her and could confess that stuff. It came immediately. She knew, and that's why you and I have to. That's why when we want to receive our harvest, we need to know the word. We need to re be it. It's important for us, and I heard this uh, this lady gave this testimony who was a minister the other day about that she, she was diagnosed with cancer. And she said what God spoke to her is, she started just quoting the scriptures. She started quoting healing scriptures, 1 Peter 2, 24, you know, Psalms 103. And God says, no, 
you read it. You read it. Proverbs 4, 21 and 22 says, Keep my word before you. Yeah. Do not let, do not let my word depart from you, your eyes. Keep them in the midst of you. Keep it, read it. And read, you know, when you're, when you're fighting some battle, you know, she, what she did is she got a, one of those index cards. I don't even know if they hardly make them anymore, anybody. But, you know, you got to do it on the computer now or on the, your laptop or your phone because Sarah made fun of me the other day because I looked in the phone book for somebody's phone number. She says, what's a phone book? I don't even know what a phone book is, you know. <laughs> but... Uh, you got to read it to yourself. Read those scriptures. She put it on a card, an index card, and she read those scriptures every day. She walked, and she'd go for her morning walk, and she'd read those scriptures. I'm healed by his stripes. I'm delivered. Psalms 103 says that, that he forgives my sins and heals all my diseases. And you read those scriptures out loud and tell your body, what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Tell it to line up. Tell it to be, do what it's supposed to do. God is so good. Amen. So, that leads us into the next, next subject is, okay, we're supposed to get a harvest, and we're supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be, as it talks about diligent farmers, you know, if we planted a big crop, I got some, there's farmer friends in, the, in Madras now that are harvesting their corn. Well, if they planted the crop and said, well, that's all I got to do. That's it. And they go down to the bank where they go to U.S. Bank and say, well, got my crop planted and it's growing up and it's ready to harvest. So I'll pay you off tomorrow. Well, no, they got to go out there with that combine and harvest that crop. Bring it in. And how do we harvest our crop? How do we harvest our crop that God's blessed us? Mark eleven twenty three. 23. There we go. Whoa. Mark 11. Assuredly, I say unto you, whoever says unto this mountain, be removed, and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes those things that he says will be done for him. Therefore I say unto you, whatever thing I ask that you ask, when you pray, believe that you have received them, and you will have them. So whatever he says... Whatever he says will come to pass. So you're saying, okay, I need, I'll just tell you one of the confessions that Amy and I make every single day, and it's coming to pass. We have sowed, and we are receiving $50,000 a month into our house. We've sowed that enough money that we can receive $50,000. We call on our heavenly account. Mark 6 says, 
that you have a treasury in heaven, or Matthew 6, excuse me. Matthew 6 says that you have a treasury in heaven and that you can call on that heavenly treasury and withdraw it out. Every day, Amy and I confess that, either in the morning or at night, usually every morning, she's having her coffee, waking up, and <laughs> I'm encouraging her in the Lord that we got a great day coming, even though sometimes it doesn't look like a great day. Uh, every day we confess that. We're going to have $50,000 a month coming into our household. Cash money. And God's blessed us, you know, with financially, physically things. But we're going to start having the cash money start coming in. Into our house. Into our house. I'll just give you a testimony right now that when Pastor Jerry was talking about that there was somebody who received a, a piece of property that was worth a million and a half dollars, that was us. That was us. That was me and Amy that had received that piece of property. But we're believing for the cash flow to come in. The cash flow to come in. That we can give. Amy's favorite scripture is 2 Corinthians 8 or 9, 8 that we have enough in the Amplified to give to every good work. He blesses us with earthly. You know, can you imagine, and this, uh, me and God and Amy, are having, we've been talking about this, is how do we know what every good work is? You know, how do you know that every good work, is that the good work I'm supposed to give to? Which is, you know, if you start just rattling it off, can you imagine trying to give to every good work. I'm sure we're supposed to get to that position, but, you know, I was blessed, and this is kind of a side note, I was blessed, I was listening to the news the other day, which I very seldom do, except for in the morning, just to find out, to make sure that, that America is still America, and uh, that our president, they were talking about disaster relief and on the Hurricane Harvey. Our president gave a million dollars for disaster relief himself. We're going to get to that. I told Amy, I said, you know, that's one of my goals is to get there where we can give a million dollars to somebody. Just say, here. You know, when we see something like that, you know, a tornado or something like that, we can give a million dollars to that. That's a goal that I have in my life. I want to be that kind of guy to be able to do it. Not because it brings glory to Rod, but I want to bring glory to God because all that I have, it's came from God. Every bit of it. It's all worked out through the mouth of God. So we reap with the words of our mouth. and God's word is what we believe. If you believe God's word, you reap with that. Amen? And it's the same way. Let's look, let's look at Romans 10, 9 and 10. And this is how you got saved. If you haven't got saved, we need to do that today. If thou confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
That's how you receive everything from God that there is. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, it will be done. If you believe the word's true and you confess with your mouth that your livestock's blessed, and I had to make more than one confession about that. It wasn't just something I did once and say, well, yeah, they'll be fine, they'll be okay, they're blessed. No, I had to make that confession every day. As I'm riding down to the Primeville Reservoir on the backside in three foot of snow, you know, and it was... It worked out. It was okay. We're not going to have that. I'm confessing right now. We're not having three foot of snow below 4,500 feet. Mount Bachelor can have all it wants. Ochico Summit can have all it wants. Mount Hood can have all it wants and all that. But in this part of Central Oregon, we're not having that much snow anymore. We can have rain. I'll even deal with the valley stuff but no snow like that. So you call in the things that you desire. You praise God for the answer. You praise God for that answer. When you know that you know that the word's in there and you've spent the time with God, walking with him, you begin to praise God and you thank God. Rick and I were talking about this, and I'm sure she won't, probably won't listen to this, but... When my oldest daughter was, I can't even remember how old she was, not old enough to be doing this, but 17, something like that, she got hooked up with this guy, and anyhow, they took off. And they, I didn't hear from her from a month. And I just started, you know, I mean, I just started saying, in fact, I think it was this scripture right here. I said, Father, your word says that my children are blessed. I'm going to hear from her. Well, a month later, you know, I didn't have any idea where she's at, and nobody else did. She called me from Wichita, Kansas. I said, Dad, yes, Heather, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm in Wichita, Kansas. And I want to come home. And I said, okay. I knew you would. I've been believing God for you. And so she came home. And that was so she lived with me for, until she was 21 and moved out. And, and then I got a new boss. But <laughs> shortly after that. But I had to confess that. You know, I mean... You know, there was one, no way, no way I knew, you know, and you, you know, and the devil will tell you stuff, all kinds of stupid stuff. There's no, you know, the, where are they at, what's going to happen, you know. Now we've moved into a new generation, which a lot of you can, that we got grandkids. One playing football the other day and got a concussion. Come to find out, he got hit the first quarter. They didn't take him out. He got hit and had the second quarter. They didn't take him out. And the first quarter, he didn't even know which bench he was supposed to go to. And the third quarter, he got hit and got knocked out. So he a, has a concussion, and, and I think his football career's finished because his mother's probably not going to let him play anymore. <laughs> but uh, 
You, you know, your grandkids, you know, now you, you know, your kids are kind of up. And hopefully they can believe God themselves and off to the, but now you, you got a whole nother deal. You thought, you know, you got them all raised and they're all done and you're all done with it and uh, there you go. But no, when you got them little, as they call them, little sugars, then they're, you know, and they seem to tug on your heart more than your kids because you, you know, they just got something special about them. But you get them, you know, start believing them. Then I confess every morning, I say, my children and grandchildren are blessed because it's in there. Deuteronomy 28 says, the children, the fruit of your body is blessed. You know, and I don't know how many of you know, Kathy knows because Kathy's one of them that prayed him in. My youngest grandson, when he was born, they said he was going to die within hours. They life flight him to, to Portland, to Emmanuel. Uh, he had a herniated diaphragm, and it had pushed up, and he had less than 10% of his lungs working. His heart wasn't right, any of that kind of stuff. And praise God, we have a church that knows how to pray. Miss Kathy and all the people that come on Tuesdays, pray little Parker in. Now he's a big old strapping 12-year-old linebacker for Culver 7th grade or whatever he is, you know. And a bull rider. He thinks he wants to be a bull rider. But, you know, praise God, what if we didn't know the word? What if Kathy didn't believe the word and was leading that Tuesday? Well, we sure hope. We sure hope Parker makes it. You know, I mean, he's not even as big as the football he plays with now when we went up there to look at him, and he had 19 tubes in him. And I told my daughter, I said, I'll just be here and pray. I can't go in and look at him anymore. I mean, you know, he's that big, and they got all these tubes. And the first thing that happened is they uh, had to do a surgery on him and push his diaphragm through his diaphragm and push all his innards down. Well, the minute they pushed him down, his lungs inflated. Full capacity. They said, they said even if we do this surgery, he'll probably only have 25% of his lungs for the rest of his life. He'll live maybe, but, you know, full capacity of his lungs. And to be a big old strapping 84-pound linebacker at Culver Junior High, you've got to be able to run. So... He, he can run, and all that stuff. When they pushed it down, then, you know, he was in there for a while, and we just had to keep interceding and praying, but he's totally normal now, totally normal. All you can see when he gets a suntan, he's got five little scars on his side here where they went in and did that. And they never even had to open him up. They just went in and let him, you know, push it down, and his lungs inflated, everything's totally normal in him. Praise God, the word's true. It's true. Thank you guys for on the Tuesday prayer praying for Parker. He's okay. He would probably come thank you too. <laughs> Amen. So, if we believe the word, confess it, and whatever we desire, it will come to pass if we praise God for it. Let's look at a... Um, Luke 17, 12 through 17. This is a, a full manifestation 
of when you praise God. Then, the le- then as he entered a certain village, there he met ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And, it, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest, so that, that as they went, they were cleansed. So they took a step of faith, and they were he- healed. They were cleansed, it said. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with his, a loud voice, glorified God. He turned around and praised God for the answer. And what happened to him? And he fell down on his face at his feet, and giving thanks, he, as a Samaritan, Jesus said and answered, Where are the other tens that were cleansed? But weren't there, where's the other nine? They were all, and, excuse me, we are not found who who returned to give glory to God except for one foreigner. And he was totally healed, totally healed. The others were cleansed. They didn't have leprosy anymore. But I'm sure from what I've heard, leprosy, they lose their fingers, they lose their hands, they lose their ears. He got it all back. The others just didn't have leprosy anymore because they turned and glorified God. Amen? Amen. For the full harvest is what he received. We must know our covenant. We have a covenant with God. And we must know that. If you have an agreement with somebody, you know in the fall we sell our cattle and we we sell these calves and we... We, they write us up a contract. And if I and the buyer had two different contracts, it wouldn't work. We both got to have the same contract. We both got to know what that contract says so we can come in an agreement so we both get the same results that we're desiring. He gets the cattle, I get the money. Amen? So... You have covenant rights. You have to remember, as we walk with God, that the devil has no authority. Like I quoted you those scriptures, 1 John 3, 8, Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. As Pastor Jerry says, what? God is... The devil is? Remember that. It's pretty simple. I don't know how anybody can get off that. Sometimes I don't understand how some kind of times different people get in that. Religions think that that God can put stuff on you that it doesn't happen that way. He can't do it, for one thing, because he redeemed you from the curse. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me just quote some scriptures to you here. If you're struggling in your health, 1 Peter 2.24 says that you've been 
healed by those 39 stripes. A side note, I didn't realize this, but I, a long time ago, there was a friend of mine said that there's 39 categories of different diseases and, and sicknesses that are in the health field. He redeemed us from all that. Psalms 103, 3 and 5 says that he forgives our sins and heals all our diseases. And he renews our youth like the eagles. Did you know that when an eagle loses its feather, it grows back? It comes back. So if you've lost something because the world says that you're aging, you can claim, no, my youth is renewed. Every morning I quote that. My youth is renewed. And it gets better and better every day. Peace, Isaiah. If you lack peace, Isaiah 9, 6 says that he's the prince of peace. John 16, 33 says that Jesus came to bring us peace. If your children are not where you think they should be, Deuteronomy 28, 4 says that your children are blessed. They have no choice to line up. Isaiah 54, 13 says that your children have peace and they shall walk in all that he has. Finances. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says that he'll provide for you with enough to give to every good work. Philippians 4, 19 says that he'll meet every one of your needs, every single need that you have financially. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it feels like. Doesn't matter what the bank even says. God said he'd meet our needs. And he will meet our needs. Matthew 6 says that you have a heavenly account and that you can call on it if you've been sowing into that heavenly account. If you gave offerings, you can call on. Malachi 3.10 says that you as a tither have tither rights. You can call on the Lord and say, hey, I have tithers rights. Devil, you can't do this. You're rebuked. You can't do this to me. You can't do this to my life. You can't. And maybe he's manifested, but God will work it out so it'll, it'll be right. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.